Well, they, dude. Oh, so cheers! Cheers to start the ashes, right? Here, let's let's get your beer open first. Episode number nineteen of the Cedar Rapids Music Scene Podcast. Fresh all day IPA founders in our hands. Oh man, I'm gonna take a sip. Sponsorship month. Yeah. Uh huh. We've been working on sponsorship. We turn we turn them down. Up in here. Yeah, we like to turn the sponsors down, like because they're not giving us enough money. Yeah. So we're waiting for that right prime time sponsor to come in with like like, million dollars an episode kind of thing. Pack of stickers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Monster Energy. Here's one free can a month. I'm gonna scoot this in on you. Yeah, okay, scoot that don't, don't be alarmed. Okay. okay. Episode Never 19. Happened. That is invasive. I'm sorry. <laughs> Episode 19, Cedar Rapids Music Scene Podcast. I am Mike Schulte, your host, of the Pork Tornadoes. AJ right. Vince, Wolf Den Wears, Wolfpack Productions. Yes, sir. How you doing, man? Very good. God, I yeah. love this shit. I literally walk in and mics are set up. I know it's great, right? I feel like a rock star. Heck yeah. Well, um, so episode 19, we're going to change things up a bit. We've got my buddy <clears throat> Matt Rissy. Hey now. Solar Cathedral Productions. Yeah. How are you, man? I'm well, sir. You? Dude, I'm, I'm pretty good. Like, yeah. I'm excited about this because, um, I mean, this is in general like a, a like a band podcast. Right. So this is a curveball night. This is a, a bit, bit of a curveball curve. because you, my friend, are a DJ. Yeah. Correct? R- right. Now, let me ask you this. Did you ever have, like, a DJ name? I actually did. But, like, before you tell it to me, you okay. don't have it. You are Matt Rissy. Uh, yes, right. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, when, when you're on a poster, Matt Rissy is it performing. It just says Matt Rissy. Now, yeah. now okay. what was your DJ name at any point? It was DJ Sonar. Sonar. That's not bad. Oh, hot. <laughs> Do you hot. feel bad about that? No, um, but... That's actually pretty good. It, it's, it's cool. I like it, but somebody actually asked me uh, at a show in Cedar Rapids here a couple weeks ago, are you DJ Sonar? And I was blown away to hear it because I haven't heard it in like over a decade. And she was like, used to be hotter and skinnier. That's what she said. Oh, man. So did you. Haven't we all? Exactly. Thanks a lot, Karen. (laughs) Just fucking dated both of us. (laughs) So that's why we got rid of DJ Sonar. No, no, no. Personality. Once, this was well before people were online, right? Mm -hmm. So this was like late 90s. So I started DJing in 96 or 7, somewhere in that ballpark. And uh, I don't know, maybe a year or two in, I recorded a tape. Okay. So yes, this of is course. also dating us Yes, here. cassettes. Uh, mixtapes, right? Actual mixtapes. <laughs> yeah, like a real tape. Yeah. Real thing. <laughs> Where kids nowadays, when they hear mixtape, they're like, wait, it was on tapes? Were, were you just talking back. about cassettes, we too? We were cassettes just talking about They kind back. of are. So there's yeah. some labels now, even one in town here, that's only cassette really. Hell yes. Yeah. I'm telling yeah. you, okay? Don't, don't cut me out yet. Until you hit fast forward on accident and accidentally eat the tape. Damn it. I forgot. Mom's fast forward button doesn't work. Dude, it's nostalgic. Oh, it brings me back. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I had a tape. It was 96. my first mixtape I put out, and I think I called it Night Vision or something. And I had a buddy who was a graffiti artist, and I said, make me a, a sick tape. Yeah. You know, insert for this, yep. right? A little graphic or whatever. And he just put DJ Sonar on there and something about night vision, this and that, or whatever. He made DJ Sonar He up? pretty much did, and I was like, fuck it, let's roll with it. I was like 17, you know? I was like, that sounds pretty cool. <laughs> so, here we are. So, but, how, did, how did you, like, uh, let, let's rewind, we like to start at the beginning. Like, how did you, how did you, was music always prevalent for you? Like, how did you, how did always. you find a love for music? Yeah, always. And I should tell you the reason I dropped the DJ name okay. real quick, Yeah, though. sorry, we gotta get into it's that. It's because oh. I, I Googled DJ Sonar, and there was about a thousand of them. Uh-oh. And, you know, furthermore, one of them was like a hip-hop <laughs> DJ from France who was like a DMC championship dj he You're was like, like i don't want to ridiculous get yeah in this. i was like i can't compete that, that's anyways. sort of like funny story when i got <laughs> when i got my cat my black cat i was like i thought it was so creative i like i'm gonna call this black cat thackeray binks from hocus pocus <laughs> oh man and before i called him that i said let me just double check the hashtag on instagram on that mm-hmm. 47 billion posts <laughs> thackeray binks everyone's black cat in the right. entire world is named thackeray oh, binks i'm God. like that's not my cat's name <laughs> hilarious. okay continue hilarious <laughs> i yeah. said how'd you get involved in music yeah yeah so uh i mean i've always been a fan of music um i grew up i was born in 1980 so <clears throat> my parents worked um i had a brother older brother four years older than me he's deaf and so he babysat me in the summers and i could fucking watch mtv when they actually played music videos wow. all day long because my brother didn't give a shit about yeah. tv because yeah. he was deaf and uh this was before the days of closed caption oh of course and so i'd say i was about five or six when i got introduced to mtv which is pretty rad right? yeah yeah it was happening. rad back then man it was and and you know i listened to everything from guns and roses to you know this new wave stuff to depeche mode yeah. to nwa yeah you know as 
uh, being six years old. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, you know, I just always liked music and sounds yeah. I mean, of all flavors, you know, everything from metal to the early hip hop to, I mean, anything but country, pretty stay yeah. away from country, but, um, but country. anyway, so you're right. But country. But country. I don't like <laughs> but, but country. country. It's a genre, right? Grew up out here in okay. but country. But yeah. <laughs> so did, did you ever play an instrument at all? I did. So I, uh, I always wanted turntables. I watched Yo MTV raps, right? right? Oh. And we'd go to pawn shops. And so we didn't have a lot of money when I was a kid and we go to pawn shops and a pair of 1200s was, you know, 800 to a thousand bucks not happening so i started realigning my sights to guitars and by the time i was 14 i finally bought a bass guitar right and then by the time i was 15 16 i was had a, an actual guitar and i had a six string guitar and that's when i moved to iowa and met you mike yeah yeah right? definitely so, uh we're our mutual friend is my cousin right so yeah. he's like yeah i know a dude that plays drums i know this guy to hook us up. yeah because <laughs> i was fresh off the boat from arizona and uh Wanted to link up with people that played Who was music. That? Was that uh... Nate Rissy? Oh, duh. Nate. yes, yep. yeah. We played yeah. soccer together. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I couldn't remember who that was. <clears throat> yeah. So I guess the early days, my dad bought me a CD player. Man, my dad always had this big rock and stereo in our house, yep. and he loved r- classic rock. And he finally got me my own speakers, and I just loved bass tones and stuff. Is really why I kind of gravitated towards hip hop. Of course, I liked to like lay down and, and put my you know set my speakers up in a manner in my room to to where they were as bassy as possible and i was just all about pumping that bass yeah. right and so when it was cars like a natural progression yeah for you at that point, so right? once cars you know started coming out with uh, you know oh, everybody had yeah. subs in their oh, cars gosh. and stuff when you know i had some yeah. friends with big brothers with subs in their cars and i heard success in effect i don't know if you, you remember like... who those dudes were but um yeah that sub bass just drove me bananas and so um after years of playing guitar and trying to figure out bands you know i wanted to go to techno parties yep. but yep. i lived in tucson arizona my parents were very sheltered was, i mean i had like metal detectors at my middle school right mm-hmm. like because we were living in a pretty violent part there of tucson no way Raves happening at your school. Well, no, there, it's right? not that. It's there's no way that my mom's gonna let me out past right. like sundown. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? And so I could, I would always find these flyers and call the info lines and listen to the sick recordings. You know, like <laughs> they'd be like, you know, I'd be like, this Friday. You know, that was like the only taste of techno I could yeah. get because you couldn't find the shit at the stores no, or anything. Not at all. And uh, it was so underground back then. Like we're talking late '90s. Like yeah, right. I nobody mean, had that. Like there was. This was the days of truly like breaking into a warehouse oh, yeah. with a generator. And I setting up, that, you, you know what I mean? And so anyway, I was you know 14, 15. Moms was not letting that happen. Moved to Iowa. All of a sudden, it was like fucking check in every two weeks we're like in mayberry now so yeah you know mom's mom's <laughs> guard fine. came down yeah right so i was at washington high school i found a stumbled across a flyer like on the floor in yeah. the hallway it was one of coleman's parties yeah out at the airplane hangar out there by uh the airport and what year would that roughly have been 97 like? okay yeah party was called code red um anyway so i i went to that party and there was a was that it for you like coleman was on stage by himself playing and that just i was like you know i spent six months leading up to that looking for guys that play yeah. instruments so we could get together and make some music and he was up there by himself so like, and i, I can was just like, do this by myself i don't need anybody yeah. else you know and, and plus it's the music the sounds that just drive me nuts and so f- within six months i had sold three guitars two basses Everything all my amps effects units and i bought a pair of 12s bought a mixer yeah. and i never looked back so yeah. so so like i'm gonna try to dive in a little bit even just because i don't think a lot of people i think when a lot of people think dj they think that guy at a wedding that's got his totally. his iTunes yeah. playlist and yeah. he's got you know all the songs on yeah. there and he goes yeah. yeah 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 I'm a DJ but like why first of all is there any are there any hard feelings between wedding DJ guy and like what you do or is there or is it sort of like our cover band original <laughs> I was just gonna say is there a dissimilation cover band here? is wedding DJ and <laughs> yeah. original band is what you do totally. like, how would you even classify what you do to, to people you know, that don't know the part that I think that you where you'll probably see some parallels is the artistry behind right. you know the kind of DJ than we do we wind up taking gigs for fucking peanuts yes while mr wedding dj is making two grand Woo! to show up and play a two-hour you He's know his speakers yeah. on sticks itunes yeah. list <laughs> right yeah you know what i mean so um, that's, that's a, the, that is a parallel that's yeah. the part that stings that is you know oh. it's like here we are pouring our you know blood sweat tears and divorces into this yeah. music yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? for nothing. yeah right for just that two, 30 for minutes peanuts. on stage yeah, yeah. right whatever oh. maybe so there's that parallel but yeah so the kind of djing that i do I mean, there's all kinds of different DJing, even outside of totally. You know, w- w- when we're referring to the you know artistic natures of it, but you've got your turntablists, which yeah. genuinely usually play hip hop. Yeah, and those dudes are artists on turntables where they're manipulating that turntable to scratch and cut and do sound effects yeah. and things of that nature. Well, 
Techno in house is always a four four beat. Yeah. So it's always the boom, tsk, yeah. Tsk, boom, bass tsk, is tsk, always on the floor. Pretty much. Yeah. And uh, they call it four on the floor, yeah. right? And it's more about your blends and your yeah. mixes. And the ups and, and downs, right? Totally, yeah. right? And so, you know, with hip-hop, there will be, like, turntable competitions where guys play five-minute sets. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Um, one time, a hip-hop DJ asked me, he's like, dude, I want to battle you sometime. <laughs> we need to battle. And I'm like, dude, I play techno. Like, this and it's, totally you're going to do your three-minute routine, and I'm going to play a track. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Right? But anyway, so, you know, techno or house DJ will work a dance floor for, you know, in a big city, oh, yeah. anywhere from two to ten hours. Totally. Wow. Right? And, and you're in charge of driving the bus. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so, it's a lot more gradual. Yeah. You know, now you can get into a lot of technicalities in regards to, you know, EQing and popping loops and samples. Because nowadays we all use computers and totally. you can chop up music on the fly. So, you know, if I want to use, let's say, a bass kick from this track, I want this track to be completely playing on channel two. On channel three, I got a vocal sample. And on channel four, I'm plugging in a synth. And I can set these loops on the fly with yeah. the computer programs that we have now. And so you're like technically mixing live on the fly, like, a, like right. remixing live on the fly. Like a maestro in an orchestra kind of a thing. You're, you're just right. sort of <clears throat> sets can never be duplicated because when you're doing that kind of stuff on the fly in the midst of a four-hour set yeah there's no way in hell you're going to be able to dice up those loops exactly in that manner ever again yeah. right so or, or remember what totally, you did like, right did so it's, it's pretty cool that every experience is unique yeah. to that dance floor yeah but a lot of people don't wrap their head around that it's like when you see a guy up there you know just bobbing his head and moving his hands yeah. around a mixing board it's it's not really too exciting if you don't have your head wrapped around what the hell's going on. You know what I mean? A lot of people can't determine that what's coming out of the speakers is coming from four to eight different sources. Right. If it's a good DJ, it doesn't really sound like that. It sounds like a recorded track. You know what I mean? Which is what you're going for, right? Exactly. Like you're going for like, yeah, I just hit play. Right. Everything's fine. Right. Totally. So do you, do you create music at all before? Like, are you creating some of this music to then take? Yeah. So most big DJs that you see, you know, 90% of what they play is other DJs or producers Mm -hmm. music. But the way that you make it big in the techno world is you're producing tracks that DJs wind up spinning. Right. And so all of the really big DJs that are on global tour, like these guys that play a different country every day, these dudes are also producers and they own labels totally, and they create their own music and they probably play their own tunes within their sets. But when you're, excuse me, when you're playing a four hour set, you might drop four or five of your own cuts in that mix of 200 tracks. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, it's that moment that other people are are banging your shit that finally you're, you know, on that next level. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And that's where the artistry comes in. Of course. In regards to, you know, being a composer or a musician, right? Because DJs aren't technically, you know, you know what, one of the hardest things for me to wrap my head around, because I, I was never huge into into techno necessarily but i had a lot of friends that were and i did go to some of those parties like 98 to 2002 I, i'd show up at some and have, yeah just check a them freaking out blast yeah I mean, being a drummer like there's nothing better yeah. than than a perfectly on time beat right and that yeah, when yeah. It drops you like, ah! and, yeah. and i think what i actually got most it, what made me the happiest was that everyone there had this like just connection and they were all everybody was there to have a good time yeah nobody was there to totally like, communal to, vibe it was it was so communal it was kind of a come one anybody. come all yeah it wasn't very clicky it's like insane clown posse <laughs> like <laughs> hard for those dudes to discriminate but one of the hardest things i could I, that i couldn't wrap my head around and we didn't have the internet back then so i couldn't just be like let me wikipedia this was in techno, there are so many different kinds of techno. Totally. And it, and it all depends on the BPM, right? <clears throat> kind uh, of? I would say it's a good... My, my opinion is no, not, okay. not necessarily. Like, you know, back in those days, techno was just a blanket term for electronic for, for, music. Yeah, for four of the four electronic music. If it was music, electronica, yeah. techno. it's fucking techno, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> but then house kind of evolved, mm-hmm. which is more of a Chicago, New York thing. But so the difference to me between house and techno, maybe house is a little bit slower. Okay. But nowadays, techno can be that same pace. Yeah. But um, the noises that you're hearing are more organic yeah house music you'll hear an acoustic kick drum yeah as opposed to a you know a 909 right beefed up electronic kick drum and then you'll hear piano riffs and yeah. you'll hear bongo drums and vocals whereas with techno it's it's synthesizers yeah. samples yeah. everything is is uh, synthetic right. for the most part 
And then, you know, then you come into today's day and age, you've got dubstep and you've got your, you know, your deep house. And then there's all these crazy side genres like future dub fucking <laughs> ambient gabcore, right? It's like, just like, I can't even keep up with that. That's very, that's very similar uh, to, I think, like, that's like hard rock yeah. nowadays is there's so many different genres of like yeah. heavy metal. Yeah. Like, yeah, the metal ones crack me up. Like You'll see these metal. videos where it's like, you know, like emo the, core, scream core. Yeah, like, and, and, and then they all hate you, each other. Like, you're not scream core, you're yeah. emo core. It's like, post. Like, Hardcore gent, yeah, right. slot punk, Power Swedish pop. black metal. <laughs> Try yeah, coming to like, our show with those bangs and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you guys are so close. You're yeah, like the no. same thing to yeah. anyone else other than you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, don't associate with me, those guys. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> what's so funny? What's uh? What's like the craziest? I mean, I'm. Well, I, I guess let, let's 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 go back a little bit. Like right now, you're not really playing right now, right? Are you? Well, yeah. So I, we were talking about this before you had got here as, as a promoter. Because see, another thing that I do is I promote okay. events, and so because yeah, and which is why we'll get to that. That's why yeah. I brought you on the show because I yeah, want to right. talk special events and things. But, totally. But right now, you're kind of taking a break from the actual performing, right? No, from promoting from the from the, from the production of which events. I can understand. Yeah. So uh, for I just did my. I think it would have been my 18 year anniversary wow. if I'm not mistaken 18 or 9 so Solar Cathedral I started throwing parties around Halloween weekend you know back in 2000-ish yeah. um, anyway so we finally got it to the point where we started you know making a little bit of money and, and turning a profit and I really got my promotion game dialed in you know around Halloween we're starting to get 1,000, 1,200 people right um, but you know book and warehouse everything that we do is still very much under the radar because yeah. now before i used to think that the powers that be were were a bit prejudiced against the word rave and techno right. because they they I tie it agree. to drugs i would agree but you know the more i talk to business owners and bar owners i just think the city's a pain in the ass to deal with no matter what uh, you're probably <laughs> right on you that. know what i mean uh but anyway uh you know, you, you tell any kind of venue owner that you want to lease their space to do a party that goes till the sun comes up and there's playing techno, they're yeah. nine times out of ten going to tell you to go jump in the lake. Right. You know, it's like we're giving you a thousand bucks for your space for a night. They're yeah, like, eh, one night, not worth on, the risk, man. you know? Yeah. yeah. But anyway, you can find people that are hurting, yeah. usually, if they've got a space that's been sitting there for seven <laughs> months. On, you start dangling some A thousand bucks is a thousand bucks, you know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> anyway... Um, so just the headache though. It's like anytime I would do a party, I would typically not post the uh, venue location until day of, of which is typically Saturday. And uh, you know any powers that be in regards to city inspectors, fire marshals, people downtown, chief of the police, yeah. all these people that keep up on our Facebook pages and yeah. things. They don't work on Saturdays, those big wigs, oh. typically. So we can usually pull off one or two in a space under the radar, but once it's public that that's the address we're using, typically one of those powers that bees will, will track down the owner of the building and let them know, hey, just so you know, you know these guys are throwing raves in your space, and it's a huge liability, Do and your space down? isn't zoned for that. Sometimes it depends on the personality right. of a venue owner, right. but uh, you've got some that flip their shit and, and are like, I can't believe this, and they're screaming <laughs> at me. You know, you've got other guys that are like, this is baloney. You kids Who are cares? all about having a good time. They also know, you know, when they come to our space, it's like we've got, I mean, we're insured totally. for one. We pay insured security team, mm -hmm. third party, to handle, you know, anything like that. So, you know, if a fight breaks out or something, you got it. We got it covered. Care. But, you know, we've never throw a space or a party in a space where, you know, it wouldn't pass fire code right. or, or somebody would get hurt by some ridiculous, you know, uh, scenario with the building. And so I feel like our events are pretty darn safe. But there's always just a hail of red tape you've got to get through to throw a, a one-off event in a space that isn't zoned for a zip assembly in this town it's so just that, really tough. that headache it just kind of got to you after a it while just, it just was just every little oh, it's just so hard to get an event together man and we're, we're flying out djs you know sometimes from overseas and Jeez. the amount of stress just shaved about a decade off the dude, end of my life so dude, and i can i can attest to that because first of all the reason i brought you on here to, to talk special events just because I, I, I know you and I've been following you and I see the amazing stuff you do but funny story the first year we decided to do our Halloween ball at the Doubletree yeah. four years ago I remember we, we signed the paperwork in like August we're like oh shit we're doing this fucking party like yeah. uh, so much risk and then I remember looking to find out what, what was going on in town that night who are we competing against I saw all the bar lineups I'm like none of these bar lineups are gonna hurt us oh fuck Matt's throwing a, a Halloween party <laughs> like and, and it was out of respect like I'm like dude 
this guy throws a hell of a party and he's throwing a party the same night as us. Like we got to step our game up to make sure we can get people to come to my That's event. I, I remember seeing your event and thinking the same <laughs> shit. <Going together>. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we got to figure out how to, how to do something together at the yeah. same time. I, I mean, I even looked one time about, cause they have an adjacent ballroom there. Yeah. You guys don't book all of them, you know, yeah. and I called into there, but it was, you know, we'd have to be done at two and my crowd's usually going like, until no, five and two. Yeah. Right. So, well, and, and so funny story about the headache too, is like, I understand that more you and i don't i don't know how many people actually know this but i'll share it is uh after our year one of our ball go cedar rapids came to us and said this is a cool event we're all about bringing people to town uh how can we help you like we don't we don't need money or anything like we want to help said well shit i need a ticketing platform like i don't want to spend money on that i don't want to take money at the door how do how can you help they go we got a third party ticketing venue like eventbrite type of thing yeah yeah like we we we, oh we do a year contract with these guys you have free reign use them we'll we'll make a page for you you don't pay any fees you don't do anything i'm like this is great so year two and year three uh we use them you bought a ticket to our event money went to the ticketing platform and then went to go cedar rapids and then go cedar rapids paid us when the event was over like beautiful right uh year four this year our same thing our event happened um or sorry our event was sold out on september 12th go cedar rapids dissolved on october 12th you're talking this year right this year okay yes. yeah yeah go cedar rapids had their fun little right, adventure right, with right. new evolve and, whole, and dissolve fiasco Dis- evolve, dissolve. Dissolve. Yeah, yeah. And, and so they they um Called it, called it quits as a company on October 12th, and I was informed that same day that our money was gone. Like they... For, $46,000. Wow. Our, our money that we raised from tickets was gone. <sighs> Spent. Don't know what happened to it. Sorry. Our company's dissolved. You can't get it back. <laughs> what? Right. So Were they using your funds for that event or wow. something? We don't know exactly Is what Is that happened. money still gone, you're telling me? The, the, the money, the, that money, that exact money will never be seen again. We don't know what happened to it. What? Um, unaccounted for. Unaccounted for. We were, With all we the were digital <laughs> paper trails that are capable these days? But are you kidding now, me? Now that the company's dissolved and bankrupt, there's no, you can't access any of that. You can't do anything. So <sighs> we got lucky enough that we're in good standing and we're putting on a good event and there's a lot of people involved a lot of important people like the double tree that, yeah. that that we ended up getting a bailout i guess you could call it a bailout which it's not really a bailout if someone steals from you that has nothing to do with <laughs> yeah. the, the corporation but whatever we got we got the money wow um but that single-handed that two-week headache that i had not knowing because i can't cancel the event because how do I refund eighteen hundred people's tickets? Right. Yeah. Yep. And can't I can't <laughs> go on with the event because half the vendors at our event were people that got stiffed at Nouveau Evolve. Oh, so now man. I'm going to stiff them because I'm like, you have to do this event. This and, makes me think that uh, there was some like serious illegal activity going on with that whole Ghosty Rapids I, thing. I hate to think it, but a buddy of mine. Uh, I guess I should have him be unnamed, but um, he, he does sound at all of my events or most of my events, but he had this big conspiracy theory that, you know, it was a cover up for laundering, you know, and what I was like, was, wow. that is so fucking outlandish. And then all these stories have been like unraveling and, and all of that stuff is way more likely right. based upon what I'm hearing. And, and the, the fucked up part <laughs> about it, like, like the stress that was, so, and here's, here's where it got even worse. So we didn't want to tell anyone about this. We didn't reach out to the papers. We were assured we're fine. We did our event. There's enough negative news. We don't need to tell people about this. But then a week after the event, I get a call from Brian Morelli at the Gazette reporter extraordinaire that goes, Hey, um, are you Mike Schulte of the poor tornadoes? Like, yeah. He goes, why, why is it listed on official city documents that the poor tornadoes are getting paid $46,000? I'm like, what? Whoa. Whoa. What are you talking about? I'm like, I got to call you back. I Send me this document. I can't comment right now. And so we get this document that came from Ghost Cedar Rapids. Ghost Cedar Rapids. It said, Nubo Evolve losses and debts owed, outstanding debts. It said $400,000 in town vendors. Next line item, $400,000 out of town vendors. Next line item. Which a item. lot of those vendors probably didn't get paid, though. No, 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 no one got paid at all. All this debt will this never is, get paid. Losses. Then it said $1.3 million bankers trust. Then it said the poor tornadoes, $46,000. End end document. I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Because first of all, like we were not owed that money. That was the Halloween ball. So anyway, like what I was getting at is that stress made me question why in the hell am I doing? Why am I doing this? Like, what is the point behind this? 
And, and if you're not leaving with a truckload of money, right? Which, which we're not. Yeah. <laughs> which we're not. We're donating charity here, you know? Like, wow. So, Crazy. so wow. that's why I really wanted to dive into the special events because half of me says that special events are the only way to create something beyond special like like you can book it so you as a dj you could be like check it out i'm, I'm at tailgaters this weekend come hang out <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's it's not gonna work no but when you do this one night only crazy special event these people these people it's at this place and there's gonna be right crazy yeah. sound crazy lights people will come right and i'm trying to convince the 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 music i'm trying to take you what you do and take it to the music world like don't just show up at a bar once a month and just play your same set like create something special yeah and totally. make it different and do something crazy or rent your own space and do something cool yeah and right. i think i think we can learn a lot from like what you've been doing over the last 18 years yeah, now granted yeah. the headache is just it's it's um, why you're taking whew, a break right now that's right, why i'm right. considering not doing yeah. halloween next year yeah but um like you know what what let's start with the benefits what have the benefits for you compared to just booking a bar gig or playing a wedding or a corporate event to like doing what you do what what are those benefits i'm i'm representing myself in court at that point Mm -hmm. you know what i mean um you know i'm i'm i hate the word anal but i am super anal about you know the presentation of an event needs to look perfect right i'm thinking about everything from the experience to you know the lighting on the foyer when you're walking in Mm -hmm. to how the dj looks on stage what does the flyer look like totally you know what does the event page look like right like when i uh you know when i if i was to play at tailgaters i'd run around unplugging all the neon lights and i'd be like (laughs) let's make it as blacked out in here as possible right anyway so i figured if i had the keys you know yeah furthermore a lot of times we rent these venues for 24-hour windows and when you do an all-night show we're in there setting up all day we're done at five and we have to tear down and be out of there by 10 a.m. and like cleaning a space that a thousand people were partying all night (laughs) and in a two hour window is a little stressful in its own right so you know you got a lease you know i can come back and sweep and mop on monday yeah yeah right (laughs) yeah exactly yeah so i mean the last venture that i did that i don't know if you guys are familiar but for a couple halloween runs here I'd say the last three, four years, I, I leased the Smulikoff's warehouse. Which so was is over, that one of the first times you got to consistently go to the same spot? Right, yep. I had a three Wait, month... Wait, the warehouse. So is that where East Bank is? No, 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 no. So their warehouse is back over on... Uh, uh, like Fourth Ave, Fifth oh, Ave yeah, area, yeah, yeah. right by the PepsiCo or whatever, and they've just recently knocked out all the right, windows, right? Um, so that place is uh is going to be a corporate call center for somebody totally, once right, remodeled. Right. And and anyways, I had the lease in there. Thankfully, the owner of the building's super cool. Um, he's down with the cause in yeah. regards to nightlife culture, and I kind of gave him the lowdown of what we do and how we, you know, are always trying to skate around authority. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, he just basically tossed me the keys and was like, just make sure no one dies. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Please man. don't yeah. have our name on the news. Tomorrow. Uh, but the right. space is awesome. I mean, it's like five floors, four oh, or five Jesus. floors. Um, you know, and you can access that whole place, the whole thing. Awesome. And uh, you know, there's all these rooms and stuff. Now, granted, you know, for most parties, we get three to five hundred people. Okay, we could no way ever fill one of no, the whole no, rooms, no. and so well, it's it's our area, right? Like totally. Cedar Rapids in general. Yeah. So you know, typically what we do is we get in there with black drapery and we like close off rooms and right. we we kind of design the the space yeah. unique to that event. Yeah. And so we did four parties in that space and every show was in a completely different room and it wow. was a so completely it was a unique experience every time. Experience every time. Yep, awesome. Yep. Now granted we had the same sound system but the lighting system I mean we use the same company the same equipment but different the way DJs. we placed those lights I mean yeah right and flying out we flew out a bunch of DJs we did a two room party for right. Halloween and that was when we were still getting you know a thousand people Halloween. Yeah. Um, but yeah just you know having the keys man right. it's just a, a so weight off our shoulders. You're just a you know? control freak really you're like me like you want all aspects to be in your control, 100%. which is also what adds to the stress because it does the, the day of on Halloween is just the worst because I'm it's, not very open to help, you know, from other people. Yeah. It's like, cause they're not I'm the kind of right. guy that's like, fuck you. I'll just do it myself. You know what I mean? Like, give me that marker, <laughs> you know, yeah, or whatever yeah. the case may be. So yeah. what are, what are, uh, I mean, what are the biggest challenges though about putting on an event? I mean, it's, it's the stuff that people don't think about cause you're now, I mean, you're, as opposed to just going again, we'll use tailgaters as an example. Do just doing a show there. Now you're the promoter, you're the venue, you're the artist, you're you're everyone. You so find you, an insurance agent. Insurance yeah, agent. Insurance is big. I mean, what are you paying for insurance for those events? Um, so a little loophole. This will be a little insider nugget nice. for some promoters around here. So uh, 
for a million dollar liability and property mm-hmm. insurance Which is policy, pretty standard, right? All venues yeah. for the most part yeah. will call for that in the contract. And for a 24 hour window, you know, just a one off event policy, it's usually about seven to 700 to a thousand bucks. Yeah. That's right? about right. And I was doing that every time I rented a space. Well, my buddy Chad is an insurance agent and he's like, dude, if you just buy a year long policy for your company, you're looking at 300 bucks a year. Whoa, really? And you just pay 60 bucks a month or whatever. And so rather than renting one off, so I just basically bought a policy and paid the premium. No way. And, and then you, your your company, so Solar Cathedral is the insurer. Where we Yep. So we're an LLC, of course. And so we insure us. And basically, I mean, we, anything you do then is covered under that. Yep. Yep. And furthermore, our insurance company, or I'm sorry, our security team, AES Security, they, they do all the bars downtown, these guys. AES Security? AES and security. they're for hire as well? Like yeah. Because if you're, so if you're every, putting on an event, you have to have security, you guys. Totally. I mean, maybe even, even if they don't tell you, you don't need security. There was like, a pinnacle when security. we discovered that too, right? Because you have to remember when we started promoting, we were 17 and 18 year olds in high school, man. Yeah. And, and like, we weren't businessmen, we're right? Fine. We're just like, Save let's get a money. room, let's plug some speakers in and let's <laughs> freak out, come. right? Turn off the lights. <laughs> and so, you know, it gradually, you know, got to the point where, you know, we're, we're spending a lot more money. Mm-hmm. It's getting a bit more serious. You know, Wanda shows up wasted drunk. We have to get her in an ambulance, yeah. you know, so people, you know, nobody, aside from that one gal, that one point, no one's ever left to one of my shows in an ambulance or a police car. So Wanda kind of, did leave in an ambulance. Wanda did though. Yes, okay. well, Wanda was the first. <laughs> right. Wanda. Um, but, uh, there was a night where we had a show and it was an all night event. We were leasing the Rapids reproductions building downtown. A buddy of mine actually leases Where's the Rapids? old opera house. Oh yeah. Okay. Which is across from the new fire station. Yeah. Um, there's been many a show in that space, by the way, but my buddy had leased that place for three months and, um, we're doing a show. It's like two, three in the morning and there's two dudes that come in that don't want to pay cover and they're, you know, they smell like alcohol. They're probably late thirties. Yeah. There are some rough looking guys, but they were also some big dudes. Like I, like I wouldn't square up to one of these dudes. Right. Anyway, um, they clearly were not there for the music, right? These guys were predators, but we finally got them to pay cover, which we should have just turned them away. But not 10 minutes after the, we let these dudes in, I saw one of them with a, a girl like backed into a corner and he was holding both of her wrists like down by her hips and he was talking real close into her ear. And one she looks, she looks scared to death. Oh, yes. God. And so Jeez. I round up, you know, uh, as many, you know, of my bigger <laughs> buds as I can. Many. I'm like, we got to get these dudes it's out of here. quantity, not quality. Yeah, right. <laughs> so we get these dudes out of here and then they, you know, park in this Jeep in the parking lot and they're like backed into this dark corner and oh they're just God. like predators clearly. Yeah. Right just gross and i just knew at that moment i was like you know what if some poor girl gets hurt or something you know at my show and has to tell her parents about it it's just like i just had this major aha moment i'm like fuck this we're getting insurance we're getting armed security guards and from then on out it's you know these patrons these are our customers right i mean we're pretty much responsible for their safety while they're in our spaces and and that's the that's the negative is that if you're gonna put on these events like there's You're liable. more responsibility yeah. here, and, and, you, really and you have to take those steps. Like having we um, for our Halloween <clears throat> stuff. I mean, we we hired police officers, and we never have any problem. Kind of like you, like dude, everybody's there to have a good time. Totally. But this year, we finally hired um, we hired a secondary team. Like we had our four cops there that just did whatever they did. And they're required by the venue, they're right? Required, Uniformed yeah, officers. And we paid yeah. for them, but then we got some some secondary security people to be backstage and running around the crowd. Yeah, yeah. just be because the uniform. Officers, can we talk about how that's a fucking ripoff? Because Kinda, right? cause they charge forty bucks an hour it's, and they won't do shit. Yeah, it's like per. I meant per officer. Yeah, and they're just there. Paid. It's it's called special duty police force. They're which is there like for uniforms. Is all there extra for. money? Yeah, to make yeah. kind of a thing. But they don't do shit. Like no. you can be like, hey, uh, well, there's four. Of you just stand around. Like, well, why don't you check IDs for me or something? And they nope. refuse. No, we're just here. Just we're just in here case. to look pretty yeah. in these awesome uniforms. <laughs> and they Shine are. They're shiny. They're nice. Because when we we did a big show out at Hawkeye Downs and there was all this, you know, red tape and requirements and we're doing a raid. Everyone was super scared, but they were like, we want to do this. We want your money, but we're really scared. And we had like, you know, the chief of police down here involved in all our decision-making processes, which is a nightmare in itself. But we had to pay, I spent like 1700 bucks for four cops to, you know, stand against the wall 
and and I'd, I'd cross paths with them a few times where I'm like, so what do you guys think? You know, and they're just okay? like, we're we're fucking bored. Yeah, <laughs> they man. were bored. Like, well, let's do something then. You want to come? <laughs> I'm like, come check IDs. Yeah. Like, I'm paying this dude twenty bucks an hour. I'm paying you forty to stand there. Can you at least look at IDs for me? <laughs> so, and you're obviously then at that point beyond security, you're you're probably hiring a staff, right? Like, you're hiring people to to man backstage. To check we're IDs. usually not. We're not to that size. I would okay. say, like, our, our circle of friends and homies that have been involved in this for. 20 years it's like help. you know my my buddy's dad always takes money at my door right it's like i don't really trust anyone taking money right that's not family so my buddy's dad has run my door for 20 years elmo you guys know who elmo Conson is mm-hmm. he's a popular dude in town you guys Sounds know who, like i should know him. you guys know who patley is patley patley no anyone Do you know patley? patley i don't know about patley. 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 I'm bad with names so if i saw okay. him i bet i know him. she's big on the band circuit here she would she you know hooked up with all the mahoney's guys oh. remember all the sunday night mahoney's gigs oh, the free ones yeah anyways, wow. where these you are just some, believe there was a band and people in yeah. that little room yeah, right <laughs> anyways these are just old cedar rapids hippies yeah, but they're yeah. like family to me and they always run my door yeah. and you know when you it comes to them. i always make fun of lammies right because mm-hmm. at our parties anybody who's who wants to can walk up on the damn stage no one's gonna tell you you know let me see yeah, your credentials because we're all about the credentials <laughs> yeah, well no but i mean if you need them you know oh, but it's god but it, at our it's shows where we need them <laughs> yeah for us it's like you know 500 people in a space it's like i've got one or two people handling money yeah. i got two people you know selling ice water right and for the most part the rest of us are just the dudes that help carry speakers and we're going to keep an eye on shit and make sure that nothing goes awry. right right you know yeah. what i mean <laughs> how do you so so how what are you charging to get into an event like are you determining that by how many people you think you're going to get totally and then the Versus budget, how much you, you need know. to make and stuff. I mean, what's yeah. what's a low and what's a high that you charge? So before? you know, it, like when we play at Mahoney's right. back before Mahoney's yeah. was was, and it's now nothing. Right? Now it's but nothing. Unfortunately, anyways, Mahoney's is a jam. Shout out to Dennis yeah. Mahoney. Love that guy. But, that was a great place. Man. Um, he never wanted to charge cover, yeah. so I would just flat fee him to DJ, yeah. and we'd pay for the sound system rental out of that fee. Yep. And, you know, we'd pack 150 people in there, and it was fucking awesome, right? Yeah. Um, but then, uh, you know, if you're renting a warehouse, yeah. and your budget is 8K, you and need to charge 20 bucks. DJs from overseas. Right. From, you know, <laughs> two flights from Germany isn't cheap, right? <laughs> but anyway, so that party we did at the Hawkeye Downs, for example, that was a $30,000 budget. Wow. And so, but that night, we lost 10000 yeah. bucks. You know, I still didn't get enough people in. I had 1,200 people there, but a lot of them where I worked out all kinds of different, you know, ticket comp things. Because totally. I was trying trying totally. to get as many people as possible yeah. through the door people that had no clue about you I know techno or who these guys insane are when we totally take a crowd picture i was like you know i rather because it's my 15 year anniversary right i'd been profitable for a few years right. i thought to myself if i lose 5k on this i'm still gonna throw the baddest techno party in iowa yep. Yep. and it's worth me footing the bill yep you know and so i was kind of prepared for a little bit of a loss um but yeah usually anywhere from you know, five bucks for a bar party to 20 bucks for a warehouse party. Well, that, and that's so important. What you just said there though, is cause we've had to have that same conversation anytime we've taken on a new risk and a new event, um, playing the Paramount, doing the Halloween thing, written McElroy in, in, in Waterloo. Like you have to have that serious conversation where you go, it's like, this is all for the, like we're going to, w- the possibility of this being incredible is so ob- obtainable, but yeah. we got to take a major risk to get there. You're and gambling. Like, for it's sure. so safe to go play Mahoney's for a set fee. It is. And it's so yeah. safe to go. Well, they pay us this at Chrome Wars. So, yeah. but like you've never experienced anything like putting all that work and dedication into something, yeah. crossing your fingers, and then it turning out right. Oh, and when it does, you know, it's only probably three out of 10 yep. where you really hit a where fucking home oh. run. But it's like that night, you're like, this is what it's all about, boys. <laughs> yeah. Like, we got to pet the dragon here. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And, and that's why I think people can, can I think start that's the to high that we're all ch- ch- still well, chasing. Right? And when, once you get it, you're like, oh, and you come down yeah. the next day, you're actually sad because yeah, it's yeah. over. <laughs> and, then you, and then you want to chase it again. But I think so many trying to relate this into the music world as i think so many bands out there could could take that next step and just go people are bored with the same old things so like if i can create something cool that has never been done before or just a unique even if it's still playing at chrome horse yeah but it's but tonight this is where it gets weird we're gonna do three sets and one set's gonna be only 70s one's gonna be 80s one's gonna be 90s right like some yeah, sort creative. of gimmick thing yeah. mm-hmm. that like just to take that next step and say people go i gotta get there yeah i gotta be there yeah. you know and i think yeah. that's where special event 
you know, you're, you're thinking like, how do I, cause you're thinking of a new idea every year. You're thinking of a new theme every year. Yeah, and, right. and that's what'll bring people to the same part that, that went last year to come this year. Yeah. So it's different, you know, hundred percent. What about, uh, so you, you don't own a, a big sound system, do you? Do you just know, man, out? I have a PA, a, I've a seen your pictures. PA guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, how we many kinda, subs have we you? We uh, overdo it. They say, <laughs> <laughs> I usually like to have four times as many subs as top cabinets. <laughs> that's amazing. Well, just because it's base, it's that, it's those it top has, cabinets that you make your ears bleed. Man, not the base. Yeah, yeah, if you can't feel it, you know? then what what are you doing? Yeah, you know? totally. But um, usually, you know, for a small space, four or five hundred people, we've usually got eight dual twenty one bins. So wow. sixteen. Where do you rent? Is that are, local? Do you rent yeah, that local? Yeah, my guy Matt Bergstrom. He's actually an airline pilot, but he's a really? speaker nerd on the side. Oh, really? <laughs> he actually custom built these clam loaded subs. He's got this amazing sound system. But there's three or four points of contact we have here. There's three right, or four so, rigs so. around here we use. Uh, are any of those guys uh, like rentable as available as, as for hire? Like oh yeah, bands, yeah, yeah. bands go to. I'm sure they don't. You for don't the, have to have that many subs as a band if you don't. No, want no, it. not at all. <laughs> but you know what? It's more expensive to book sound for a band because you've got to have a guy that's going to do live mixing exactly. for y'all. All I send him is a pair of XLRs out of my mixer. And that's it. Yeah, and they, because they might, you're you're pre-mixed coming out basically. Totally, it's all now pre-recorded masters. Totally. Yeah, and then you know I want separate control of my monitors. Yeah. But aside from that, you know, once they get it dialed in at the beginning of the night. Our, our sound guy usually leaves and comes back in the morning and cleans up. That's amazing. I mean, he's not even there. Have you ever, I've always wondered what you guys use um, as monitors on stage. I mean, do you just have literally have a couple speakers down at your Texas side? Texas headphones, baby. So okay. t- typically I'll have uh, a pair of tops on top of some dual 18s. Okay. So, I mean, it's pumping up and there. And you're, you're between headphones and you're, you're pulling headphones off because you want to hear. Right. So I've, I've got nuts. headphones on my head so that I can hear what I'm queuing up to begin mixing in. Right. So I can hear it before the crowd. Yep. And then, of course, what's coming through my speakers is what the crowd's hearing. So. Yeah. So I want to kind of hear a mixture of the two. Has anyone in DJ culture like you, has anyone gone into uh, like IEMs, in-ear monitors? Oh yeah, a lot of them. Yep, yep. But I'm sure you want to take off put that's on that's the thing, kind of is, thing is yeah you have to you would have to get used to that especially after 20 years of using headphones but um i mean ear damage is a real thing for a lot it, of touring dude, it's djs gotta be, man and uh, a lot of these guys have the custom ear molds or what have you and they'll actually mix with them in still yeah and they'll have their headphones on on yeah. outside of them yeah. or what have you but um yeah man uh tin- tinnitus is a real thing uh i've had some i hate to admit it yeah. but yeah every once in a while you'll get the yeah we're all like out of nowhere like you're just in the library or something it's like like those audiologist tests that you had when you were a kid i'll just be like when you're walking picking my nose driving on the way to work and all of a sudden i can't hear the left side of my car or whatever yeah (laughs) that's that's, what's a real thing do you ever try to keep your do you guys read decibel levels and try to stay at a certain point or do you just we don't try to stay necessarily we like to see how loud we are yeah (laughs) but uh no i i mean but i wear earplugs every show i go to every concert festival my own shows i wear to even when you're playing um not when i'm playing okay, when i'm playing right. i take them out but uh when i'm spectating when i go to the other side of the oh, speakers totally. i pop them back in oh yeah i'm always running around festivals with with earplugs and people are like it's really funny when we kind of explain to like you know our parents what kind of sound systems we have and they're just like it's so fucking loud that you need earplugs like just turn it down <laughs> you're like no you can't do that <laughs> it's right. about the feel <laughs> but that, that you just again, don't get it we're yeah. we're we're meet we're met in like cultures are like, we're not that far apart from yeah. parents to djs yeah. i mean like when you first start playing music like the louder it is the better yeah yeah yep. and then you just get a little older and you start realizing like hey maybe i should, should this is a little ridiculous <laughs> that is exactly like like i'll go to shows and be like how dare these kids be so loud when his amp isn't even at 11 at this point like he needs to turn it up higher yeah that's funny what's uh what's the craziest show you ever played oh man this one you should have asked me before so I could have jogged my memory and like flipped through my list of games. I should have asked you. Um, man, I don't do know. You, well, some... while you're thinking of that, do you go play other places? Do you play out of state? I do. Yep, yeah. yep. So I've been lucky enough to play most of the major cities really? uh, in the U.S. I've played New York. I um, just played Miami last uh, Valentine's Day. Wow. Actually. Phoenix. I think I remember seeing that. Yeah, Phoenix, L.A. Um, I play Minneapolis a few times a year. Okay. I got a lot of homies up there that are promoters. And there's, a, you know, in the global techno market, there's a lot of guys that have blown up from mm-hmm. Minneapolis. And they mm-hmm. moved to Berlin. And um, they still come back they here and do shows back, yeah. and stuff. And so 
I play up there frequently, Chicago, uh, St. Louis, and Minneapolis more than anyone else. Okay, on the road yeah, for me, was close enough. But typically, if it's more than a five-hour drive, I want to get on a plane. I don't like yeah, driving, so yeah. I don't want to drive eight hours to play some gig. They'd give a guy from Iowa. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah. it's not That's really gonna be true. that tight. <laughs> I've I've been hungry and young and have done it before, though. You know, drive to Detroit to play a show and get put on the fourth stage at five in the morning and play right. for three people. And yeah, I'm just too old for that shit. If the juice isn't worth the squeeze. I'll just pass on it. But isn't that funny though? I mean, that's the the older you get, the more seasoned you get. Yeah. You, you just, you don't, cause, uh, and I don't know how much you listen to our podcast, but a lot of our debate sometimes comes between this cover band and original band world where again, cover bands are the, are the older guys that are just saying, listen, I just still want to play music. Right. Make totally. a little cash. And then you've got the young guys that are like, I want to, create and i want to make it and i want to you know i want to get there and make a career out of this and you probably have the same thing where back in the day of course you take those trips to go man what if that one guy's out there though yeah totally that's and and now you start going well i got i got my kids uh you know i I gotta work the next day totally no i'm not gonna mow this lawn on monday yeah (laughs) and you you sort of get a little envious of of your older self or of your younger self to be like man i'd I wish I could go out there and hit that gig, but yeah. at the same time, then you're like, Meh. I definitely have gotten pretty selective, you know, and, and some people, you know, the kind of promoters that are willing to bring some, cause a DJ from Iowa doesn't look so hot on paper, right? Like if no. you're in New York, like, yo, we got this kid coming Even from if it's Iowa. The worst kid, like, yeah. like <laughs> when you say I got this guy from New York, who yeah. cares who it is? He's it, from New York. Right, He's got to totally. be amazing. But when you're in New York and they're like, we got this dude coming from Marion, Iowa, <laughs> oh, boy. you know? Uh, yeah. So it d- doesn't look too good on paper, but, um, either way, you know, the kind of promoters that are willing to bring an, uh, a DJ from Iowa out are typically probably not bringing you to an event that's fucking super spectacular right. by any means. And, you know, when you turn down something like that, some people are like, oh, you're pretty pompous. You know, right. like, you ain't nobody. How are you going to try to? But I'm like, well, yeah, but I got a job and yeah. a kid and I kind of have to choose my battles. You know what I mean? It's like if I'm going to put 12 hours on the road in and you're going to have me walk with a 100 bucks and I play it on some PA rig that doesn't even, you know, it kind of pales in comparison to the, to the monitors that I here. use in my basement at right. home. Like, I'm not going to come right. to play this shit rig for you. It's just not going to happen. Did you ever have any <laughs> thoughts of moving somewhere, though, like back in the day? And and then now being from New York now, like, you know, like now yeah. you live in New York so you can. Yeah. You know, I'd say that there's some merit in that, but um, I just would never move. I'm, I'm divorced. So okay. my daughter, uh, you know, her mom lives here in Iowa. I just could never leave my daughter. So that would never happen. But I, I would say that it was something I've kicked around, yeah. you know, over the span of a few years, I'd say when things were getting really hot for me. But. Um, you know, nowadays with the internet, I don't really think that matters as much. I don't think so either, man. Right? And, and I've, I've been a pretty, uh, you know, strong supporter of trying to fight that battle when people say, oh, I'm going to move out of here to make it. I'm like, dude, like, it, with the internet now, it's re- really not necessary. But the contrary there is I do have some friends that have moved to... Uh, bigger cities that have pretty strong DJ scenes right. like Denver and whatnot or Detroit, California. And these DJs, uh, w- I-, I see them getting a lot of gigs locally, right? right. Um, and-, and I'm not going to say that they're... Um, you know, like not talented enough to play those gigs by any means, but they're, you know, younger, very green DJs that are breaking into these, you know, pretty, pretty well developed scenes yeah. just by having a local just presence. they're there. Yeah. And so, which is awesome for yeah. them fully support that. But so, you know, maybe, it, maybe it does serve you, you know, better to do that. Another thing too is in Europe, techno is like rock and roll, man. I oh, mean, totally. it's fucking, they're playing it at McDonald's, yeah. right? <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and also the demographic there has been listening to it for so long. Like, you know, I've been to Europe a few times to, to listen to techno and, we're the youngest dudes in the club right. and I'm 38. You know right. what I'm saying? And you like, think of techno as a newer thing here, here, you know, when you go to like, like these big ADM festivals now, which they don't even really play much techno at anymore. It's more dubstep stuff, but like, you know, electric Daisy carnival, right, right. you know, we feel really old if we go to those shows. Right. right? But overseas, these festivals uh-huh. are just packed with, you know, 40 to 50 year olds. It's fucking yeah. amazing. But that's pretty um, awesome. Anyway, so cool. all the DJs that really cut or the producers, I guess that kind of make it, typically end up moving to berlin or spain right you know furthermore when you get booked to play how they offer gigs on the on the techno and club circuit is you know two thousand bucks or euros all in right and your agent takes care of your plane ticket and your hotel uh whereas when we fly people here from overseas we're paying that on top of the dj fee and uh you know if you're an all-in 
DJ, your agency wants you to move to Berlin because you can fly anywhere in Europe for 200 euros That's true. from Berlin. That's super true. But from here to Berlin, it's uh, 1800 Cedar, bucks. Yeah, it's Cedar Rapids, so, you know, flights. <laughs> right. Plus, you're looking at, you know, nine hours each way. You know, a lot of these guys, before they kind of made that, were, were actually gigging overseas out of Minneapolis or Chicago. And, you know, flying eight hours and going to work Monday morning Jesus. in America. And mm. after a couple of years of that, I mean, no, 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 no. Whew, that's like know. when you get that corporate America job yes. that like you, you travel a lot. You're like, Oh, it's so like, you're so excited. Like, Oh, every week I fly somewhere right. <laughs> within no. a month wah, or two. Wah. You're like, yeah. I hate this job so <laughs> yeah, much. Dude. I've heard so many stories of that. You don't pay a DJ five grand to come rock your spot. You're paying him five grand to travel for oh, 20 hours. You and know what I mean? And, and oh, just such a nightmare. And like some of these guys play, you know, Thursday in Germany, mm-hmm. Friday in Spain, Saturday in Italy. They'll play Sunday morning in Italy and Isn't then come crazy? back to Germany and close out a show on Monday. You so know? they're kind of a, like the true rock stars almost in it's Europe. It's crazy, right? dude. And like some of these guys, like they don't even, they'll go from airport to fucking turntables back to the airport. No showers, no hotel, no nothing. <laughs> oh. It's just wild to me, you know? Like I can't, I but just I don't guess, know how they I do mean, it. You know, if that, if that becomes your lifestyle, I guess. When the iron's hot too, it's like, you know, yeah. if you're getting paid five grand a slot, mm-hmm. you know, you, you you, you have to squeeze as many of the and yep. DJing is a young man sport, yeah, boy. Is, you gotta man. you know you gotta get all that in as while you can. You, you know, next thing you know, you're not cool anymore and you're not getting any of those gigs. You know, you said something interesting about and I and don't, you know don't feel free to not dive into it too hard. But you said I'm I'm divorced. Um, in the DJ community, is is that hard on relationships? Because I know in the yeah. in the rock and roll community that that can be a really oh, tough thing that we factor. all deal with man um again to say you know to to speak about somebody and i'll leave him unnamed but you know, <laughs> another guy that's a good friend of mine for many many years um doesn't actually live in berlin but has a flat there stays back in the states and kind of bounces mm-hmm. back and forth but he was engaged to be married yeah. to be married got married and you know after a, a year or two of being on the global circuit you know divorced yeah. i mean that happens a lot man i mean the music because you if you're getting hot you're out the door it, a lot right yeah i mean you're not i mean think about if you're playing five countries you know over the span of a week and you've got a two-month stint booked and none of them are in america yeah because most of them are european gigs you know and so those dudes are away from home for two three months at a time home for a week or two and then back out on the road your relationship is not going to make it through that or it'd be tough for it to at least right do you find that uh so when you're when you're djing are you are you not yourself like are you a is it a persona is it uh you know, because like I, I've attested this a lot. I've talked to a lot of people about it. It's like when when you're on stage, you're technically not really yourself. I think we've touched on this too, AJ. Or yeah. when you're walking around at work all day, you're not yourself. Right. Right? One of the two. <laughs> Very true. Like like you're you're just a you're just a different version of yourself right. when you're performing. Yeah. And and I think sometimes a, a significant other mm-hmm. doesn't realize that you're not like. Of course, you got to talk to your fans, and of course, you got to right. smile and totally. Yeah, let's take oh, a yeah. hug. Let, let's hug. Let's do a picture. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you're. You're selling yourself too, and you want them to come back. It takes a pretty strong-willed, significant other too to push through that kind of stuff, right? Because, I mean, if there's any insecurities there, oh god, oh man, don't even peek at the inbox, right? (laughs) Right, trouble, (laughs) you know. Uh, But yeah, you're right. I mean, you kind of have those two different personas. To me, it's like being a politician. Oh right, you got to shake hands and kiss babies. You have to, you know what I mean? Shake babies and and kiss hands, right? Whatever. Uh, (laughs) And and, you know, I appreciate those people more than I mean, because without them, there's no us, right? I mean, if you're not paying five bucks to get into these bars yeah they are the reason that this event is happening 100 percent. yeah so you got to give them that attention but i'd say even locally i'd i'd say probably had a little bit of stress on my marriage yeah you know um doing all night parties especially once the baby came you know because yeah when you get home at six and i'm home here yeah right or you know you get home at six and you're going to bed too and and you know wifey has to get up and feed the baby and so that's kind of a stress you know i gotta say being divorced uh it makes makes the parenting and gigging easier does um, it really well because i have joint custody so it's 50 50 so you know when you got to be home and you know when you can two do weeks on two weeks off as long as i schedule them on the off but um you know when when the parents are together if one's out and the other one's yeah. watching the baby there's that animosity Ooh. there that's not there when you're split up that's you know true. what I'm saying? It's like so you're doing yeah, your own thing, right? You got your baby, and it's your Until time. You get that new wife, wife, then it starts again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just gotta watch it. Just gotta watch it, and never, never 
you know, sign the paper the yep. second round. Don't do it. <laughs> AJ, what's your experience with like uh, techno and, and DJ music? You have much experience? You ever been to any shows before? Uh, you know, it's it's funny. I, we uh, last time I went out to Vegas, um, there were some uh, a couple, not huge, but like there's a couple good DJs that went through Hakkasan, and we actually got tickets to go into Hakkasan. It's like their big premiere club out there, right? Uh, yeah, that and, guy, like some chic, like with oil money, built oh, that man. club or something. Where was yeah. that yeah. at? Where did you say that was? It's called Hakkasan. Hakkasan yeah. in yeah, Las Vegas. Okay. Um, and we went, and I mean, chic. it was, uh, it was, it was pretty rad. I mean, like we went in and like after getting, after about like 12 minutes of going through security, of, <laughs> of trying to get into this place and getting frisked at least three times, uh, we made it in and it was, it was like on fire man that yeah. whole place was was amped up sensory overload it was sensory <laughs> overload and like there's just so many people and we were having a really good time there's a lot of great drafts i love it because it's dynamic music and yeah. i'm such a sucker for that oh, yeah. yeah and so but then i think the buzz kill was when i went up to go get a beer and i got to Michelob ultras for 25 <laughs> bucks i think that's just Jeez. vegas in general yeah, like, I, I also couldn't <laughs> order water i had to get a glass of ice <laughs> so i was like all right this is cool for like 45 minutes but now i'm spending too much on alcohol yeah um but other than that uh you know we did wolfpack summer jam uh, a couple of years and that was super fun and the first year uh, i think looking back now is the more fun year it's a little bit more free form we still followed all the rules we still had our insurance online we still had our security still did everything like to the books and then uh but we had like Kilo G come out and oh nice he finished the night for us and we had a big huge bonfire that kid's talented and he's so fun it, to yeah, watch yeah man and he did a, he just did a killer set and uh we just it was a big party on stage man yeah like, and on and off the stage and we just had a, such a good time I mean that was like a, it was there's I think that was like the best music for the setting at that point in yeah. time. We had a huge rock show all into the entire day. And then like, we have this huge bonfire and like lights are going. His music is People just killing it. Loose and he, and you know, he plays awesome. music that you can transition from rock music into pretty easily. Like he'll yeah. play like dubstep remixes of metal tracks. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's so, freaking cool. Yeah. Yes. And so, yeah, he did a, an awesome set, did some stuff that was brand new. I mean, it was, it was awesome, man. So I, I love it. And I love, I love going to like those clubs. I love mm-hmm. going and, and finding new stuff Something now different. that being said it's not like I'm really like like literally knowledgeable yeah, yeah. Not knowledgeable I'm just like car with oh, this is sticks and yeah, shit this is really cool. <laughs> yeah exactly like I'm not the guy like rolling up on you and bumping it so. you know to, to, to mention something that's similar to that so one year I actually got really really lucky and got to play Camp Euphoria oh, right? really? which now they have some house DJs play there like overnight on the bar stage or yeah. whatever um, but this was the year they had cornmeal play I don't know if you guys remember that How, what, what year was that god it had to be like four or five years ago oh seven oh eight oh nine okay, somewhere in there more, yeah. i'm really bad at time frames yeah. but um anyway so something had happened that night where i just kept getting bumped like my set kept getting bumped yeah, you'll be fine <laughs> and uh they wound up having me close down the main stage no after cornmeal right which is like mind-blowing and they had rex Rowe on sound which i forgot <laughs> to mention this earlier but rex Rowe from the quad yeah, cities is yeah. one of our sound guys yeah. um anyway so he this is when he had just rolled out those dual oh, 21 Jesus. subs and uh he was so stoked to have some techno come like, through that see what this sounds like you know after a bunch of bluegrass bands been jamming all day right and so um it was fucking rad dude i ended up playing at like 2 a.m i played 2 to 3 30 out there and like all the campers just like came out of the woodwork and (laughs) yeah right and like all these uh fire spinners you know were doing their thing and like i don't know the atmosphere was just fucking bananas dude and you know how people are out there there you know they're getting down recreationally and like you know everyone's minds were pretty well wide opened up right and so uh you know played at techno and house music for an hour and a half to a you know a, a group of like jam band fans yeah. and it was fucking awesome i bet it was, it was. like one of my f- favorite gigs ever well right? and, and that that's a true <clears throat> testament both those stories are to so many people get caught up in not only the cover band versus originals but like the rock versus country the tunnel like, vision yeah like, dude mm-hmm. music is awesome and yeah, i don't right. care i don't care if you're playing it on some turntables i don't care if you're creating it I don't right. care what genre you're playing. Like when you get a bunch of like-minded people in a place, right? They just want to have fun. Like I don't care what you put on the stage. Yeah, totally. You know, I'm totally gonna rock to it. Yeah. It's like if everyone's willing to just cut strings with reality for a fucking hour. Just an hour, yeah. man. <laughs> put your phone <laughs> yeah. away for an yeah. hour. Let's have totally. a good time, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That and I, dude, I totally forgot. I'm glad you brought up Summer Jam though, because yeah. like you experienced that yeah. special event type thing. Oh yeah, where you probably saw those 
those pros and those cons come through. But oh, I mean, absolutely. do you think more people around here could do something like that? I think it's absolutely like viable. Like, I mean, you don't have to go to like, like we, we made it a big point And like, I think I've kind of like in that same mindset, you really want to nitpick. You want to be in control of everything. I really wanted everything to be the right way with that. And the, the whole goal was making local bands like feel big and yeah. getting that big stage and totally. getting that big setup. And you're, Pro sound guys running your stuff, yep. the whole stage crew, everything, you know, because you know you just don't get that a lot. No, and so that was the whole that was the whole thing. And but you know, yes, you absolutely can. You don't have to run it to that extent. You can make a special event. There, are, there, are a lot of like the people who have the spaces again, like you're saying, like, yeah, the rave stuff that comes with like kind of a negative connotation. With yeah, it. Right. But like, if you say like, Hey, I've got this idea for a really cool show and we're going to do a special thing with it. Yeah. Would you like to buddy up? We'll do some drink specials. Um, like we'll get some great sound in here. Do the lights, the whole shebang. You just that's gotta be so a politician, viable. man. Yeah. yeah. That's, oh yeah. It's, it's all about so how you viable. spin it, man. What's, what's in it for them? Politician, what's politician. in it for them? <laughs> you're a poli- you're you're a political gambler, man. Right. Is what you are as a promoter. You just you're, but you are ready to take that risk, that gamble. And, um, and you know where you know where we've really tried to we found that next level lately in the last couple of years is is sponsorships. Yeah. And I don't know how far you dove into like getting companies to. I've dabbled. Yeah. When we did the big thirty k oh, event. Yeah out there we definitely rounded up a bunch of sponsors and, and that's one of the safest bets that if you can find free money right some sponsors <laughs> that, that yeah. want to be involved with you and are going to find a benefit from this and you can yeah. provide them a benefit right like now you're that's just, the tricky part right what, what can so you give them what's in it for them right yeah, so correct. let's say i'm red bull right yeah fucking sell me mike what <laughs> how so, are you gonna okay, get so money out of me check yeah. it out there man. You yeah i mean like yeah you literally need to find out what and sometimes it's it's going above and beyond on intangibles like the first time we uh uh, secured a sponsorship for Sturgis Falls up in Cedar Falls. We needed like we needed like seven k out of uh, out of High V, like giant High V, right? Mm. And so instead of just saying, "Hey High V, give us your money," your name goes on a banner. Yeah. We said, "High V, check out our social media reach. We're going to create a funny video for you in your High V store, and then we're going to boost the shit out of it, and it's going to get seen by." We promised, and we go fifty thousand people are going to watch this video in the next month or so, and they're like, "Okay, let's do it." Mm, and, nice. and and we we. Believe Believed in our content, we provided it to them. They were ecstatic. They were happy to write a check for that nice. because we could actually give them a tangible thing. So don't assume that you can just go, "Hey, Red Bull, give me, give me money." Yeah, no, right? Yeah, like what? What can you give them? Because how many times are they getting phone calls from people looking for handouts? Probably happens all day long, all right? day oh, long. Gosh. And so, and with Red Bull, they're really tough because they don't have a rep in CRI with City. Oh, they only right. have the Des Moines guy or whatever. Um, so for the big party we did at Hawkeye Downs. Yeah. Um, what I devised was a plan to, to draw up uh, sponsorship packages, yeah. right? So yeah. the gold you just package, look professional. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I drafted it up with all kinds of graphic yep. design. It was yep. looking pretty, but you know, the gold package was, you know, if you're a thousand dollars, well, no, it was like five or ten, yeah. but it was like if you know, if you buy the gold package and and you own, you know, ABC Plumbing, yeah. it's going to be the ABC Plumbing oh, Festival, hundred percent, yeah. right? And Naming then the B rights. package was, you know, we put you on the shirts yep. and all the pamphlets, and the C package, you just go on the pamphlets or whatever. But the case everybody may be. gets shout outs throughout the night everybody yeah, gets their that, banners you know, up and, and then free my tickets. thing was i'll give each business each package yes. has x amount of tickets to yep. give your employees yep. well this is how i fucked myself these free <laughs> tickets wound up falling into the hands of employees from these different companies that would have came to my that techno show anyway they're like oh we go to oh we know rissy yeah 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 we'll take those and then <laughs> so, so I ended those up, people didn't pay yeah no. so i ended up giving out you know probably 300 tickets to, to people, people that, that probably would have paid cover anyway yeah. you know no. what i mean now granted a portion of those were probably new heads that of course would never so we've exposed them to us right. and that was you know the end goal really from That's that in goal. that regard but yeah we definitely kind of screwed ourselves there <laughs> with uh with the uh yeah, the passes. That's funny, man. Well, dude, we always try to keep these. I mean, like again, like I feel like this is such a different yeah, topic yeah. that we could roll down a deep <laughs> hole. But, but, dude, like we really appreciate you coming by. What as we're getting out of here? What are what are some local people that that we should be paying attention to? If yeah, we you know, I'm learn? glad you asked. I was yeah. going to say, you know, with me throwing in the the retirement flag, yeah. you know, so I did. I was telling I was telling him earlier that I did my last warehouse party back in February called for the now burial right? for now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and everyone's like, oh, you're retired. Everyone's probably 
placing bets on when I get the I itch again, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've still been taking gigs. But anyways, there's a, a young gentleman by the name of Patrick Blinn, um, and he started coming to my shows years ago, and he started Iowa Techno. And okay. so if you search Iowa Techno on Facebook or Facebook anything, page, right? uh, you'll find him. But um, he's also stumbled across a, a fat sound system. He's got like a really? big 12 basement sound system. Is he passing system. the torch a little bit? Passing the torch, man. He's Full support man on this guy. He books me to play all the time, and uh, he will lease a warehouse space and yeah. do it right. Um, granted, things aren't quite to the scale, you know, that we got Solar Cathedral, but he's uh, steady trailing. Right. And uh, I love this kid. He's a great attitude, great personality. So look up Iowa Techno. I'm actually playing for him on New Year's Eve this right. year. Ooh. So I got two two gigs New Year's Eve. I'm I'm closing down uh, Elizabeth Von Presley's party uh, out at Dance More. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Ice Were you Ball. one of the special guests? Yeah, so okay, I'm playing cool. 12 to 2 there. Cool. So they announced it. So, um, so I'm going to play that gig where I'll be playing more, you know, remixes of, of kind of yeah. commercially poppy yeah. stuff. But um, then I'm going to pack up and head to Pat's warehouse that he's got. No way. And I play. So you're uh, doing that. You're doing that turntable to turntable. Yeah, like, totally. Yeah, yeah. But there I'll be playing, you know, real deal techno. But look him up. He's uh, he also has a girl, uh, Danny Lehman, who is a DJ from Detroit. He's flying her out to play his warehouse cool. this Saturday in Cedar cool. Rapids. I don't know yeah. if this podcast will be up by then, but. Uh, no, it, it, no. By the seventh, I'm gonna put it up next week. Okay, cool. So, so we'll miss the Disregard what you just heard. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> yeah, but look up Iowa Techno. Um, there's a, a New Year's Eve party that goes until yeah. 6 a.m. So um, it'd be a cool one to check out. Very, very underground. Yeah. You know, in a dark, dirty it's warehouse dirty space. It's gonna feel awesome. Yeah, right? you know, BYOB. I mean. I- so I was gonna ask you nice. that. Like, just bring your beer in. That's cool. It's like, like some backyard wrestling yeah, shit, right. man. It yeah. really is. <laughs> but it's fun, you know that 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 element and that kind of grime factor to it. I think it plays a part in the attraction. I think. All right, last last two <clears throat> questions. Yes, sir. Would would it ever make sense to have live bands and DJs on a bill together around here? I mean, I'm not opposed to right. it, but uh, do you think you some know. people like fans would be? I think some would of be both probably though. I think more like the heads from the techno circle and the heads from the band circle wouldn't be into it. Okay. Right? But I think the general populace we'll totally like, would. That's cool. Yeah. All right. right. Second question. Can we somehow do the the Travis Barker DJ thing like I play drums for you somehow? Somehow, yeah. I mean if I was would more of a work? if I was more of a turntablist, right. that would totally work. But, but again, set, playing your techno, stuff's like yeah. you know, playing that. Dude, it's I like play what, a lot of four on the floor with pork tornadoes. Yeah, yeah. We're playing modern day pop. Yeah. Taylor Swift is always just like yeah, four yeah, on the floor. Totally. You know? Um you know if <laughs> if if I could have you uh mute your kick drum. Okay, oh totally. You know what I mean? Okay. So I mean okay, all the percussion on top of that would be fine because yeah. typically that, that kick drum doesn't ever like perfectly sync up with right. a with a you know an automated if you're kick not drum. a fucking machine like exactly we're not, we're and, not that, and that click you know yeah. of those two kick drums not really syncing up fucking right. drives well, me you crazy ruined, you ruined my dreams <laughs> no. maybe, we'll have, maybe we'll have a not like you said what you're going to be doing at elizabeth set yeah like maybe the the more commercial percussion viable. totally yeah. it's just that kick drum yeah. that we got at 86 but aside from that <laughs> You know, and, and of I course, I can't you play could, drums without a kick drum. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not a hand percussion guy. <laughs> be one of those practice pad things. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah at least I can hear yeah, it. Yeah, in my yeah, yeah like we just mute it. Like just I said, take it out of the mix. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, dude, uh, appreciate you stopping by, man. How do yeah. people look you up? Do, do you cool. have live music out? There yeah. If you just look up Matt Rissy, uh, last name is spelled R I S S I. Soundcloud. I've got a couple sets on Soundcloud. Facebook's really easy to find me, but if you just Google my name, you'll find everything. R I S S I. Yeah, you got it. Title. I really. I appreciate you guys, man. This is cool. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers. What, what about you, AJ? What about me, Mike? Yeah, what do you got going on? I got nothing going on. Actually, that's not true. Uh, we have a show this Thursday, but uh, you're not going to hear this. But disregard this. But disregard this because Damn you didn't hear it. There, so, there was this show we did back on Thursday that was fucking sick. Yeah. Yeah. Been there. How cool was that show you did last Thursday? <laughs> yeah. It was amazing. So since this is going to be in the future, man, we had a great show on Thursday. Sold man. out show. Sold yeah. out. You should have been there. I couldn't I have got in anywhere. Anyway. That you should have been there. <laughs> so, Damn it. For Friendly Fire on. All right. Well, yes. Again, check on Friendly Fire on. Yes. Pork Tees. Matt yeah. Lissy. Cool, man. That's right. Peace. We're out. Remember, it's all about mutual love and respect. Yeah, man. Right. Nothing but love. All right. See you later. Peace. All right. Peace.